What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that. Shotgun set. Three receivers left. And here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady and he caught ball. Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons and won a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Looking again, looking again. Throws up the middle. That's intercepted at the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Oh, so the end now. Intercepted. Picked off of the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White, what a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome, everybody, to the Salty Dogs podcast. The Salty Dogs podcast after a big victory. Yeah. I am Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. I guess we're not as salty. We are the Salty Dogs. No, well, we're still salty. It's just a little more fun right now. We're salty. We're salty and sweet. Oh. Like trail mix. That's the way we feel this week. It was a sweet win. It was. There's still things to be salty about. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yes, very much so. But at the end of the day, by week 17, we won't remember how that game was won. Just as long as you have it. mm, I, I, I know your point, that it doesn't matter how you won. And there's no such thing as a. I mean, nobody cares if it's an ugly win, mm-hmm. quote-unquote ugly win. Sure. But I think I will remember how this one ended, given what Tom Brady did. That was pretty remarkable, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, it? it's it's his 55th career game-winning comeback, which is now the all-time record. I was thinking about this. Actually, I was answering some questions for a guy. You know, your, you know your fan you got going there? Why don't you turn that off there? Thanks. Good job, Sam. Those people, those people that are listening to us are going, what is, what is that? that weird noise? So this guy from Seattle, I guess something like my counterpart for their for them is asking me to answer questions for some story on their site. Oh, okay. Uh, and he was just asking me about, um, you know, what that win might have done for the confidence slash morale of the team. And I really think there's something to that. And it's not just that. I think you may have been the one who said it, but it's not just that. Looking at four and five feels okay, and looking at three or six would have felt like a disaster. Yeah, we were, it was just one game. Yeah, we were at lunch, and we were looking at standings, and I just said it just seems, and right. everybody kind of chuckled at me. But but just but from a, uh, um, a less, maybe a less concrete standpoint, I do think a game like that can have a positive effect on the team morale and the team's confidence and on how they perform going forward. Uh, absolutely. I think a, a couple of the players said the best part about that was it showed – how the team can yeah. play, and that yeah, that it's capable of playing that way, and you know honestly we've been spoiled the last few years watching the team march down the field like that, scoring over yeah. thirty points a game. Yeah. So that is like, right? Are they back? I don't know. So a lot of the hallmarks of what we got used to during what were, without question, the two most successful consecutive seasons in franchise history. Um. You got used to scoring a ton of points, like you just said. Yeah. You got used to the defense being Stifling. almost impossible to run against. You got used to the defense constantly creating turnovers. You got used to the passing attack always finding a way to make some explosive mm-hmm. plays and scoring just a ton of points. Right. And all those hallmarks haven't really been here this season as the Buccaneers have tried to adjust to what is a new team. Right? 
almost. It know, is, yeah. But we don't. Linemen. Yeah. But a Tom Brady into the game miracle comeback to get you the win that looked like you couldn't get, that I remember. Yeah. And that I recognized, and that felt like the last two years. And like you just said, maybe that means some of this other stuff is going to start working out. Yeah. That's the optimistic way to well, look at it. Well, yeah. And it, and again, it's, it's, does, uh, does Tom get a little more comfortable with his offensive line because there's been so many changes there? You know, having Akeem Hicks back in certainly seemed to make a difference for Vita Vea, most yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. So there are, you know, the team getting healthy ha- has helped. Um, but I, but, you know, it's like you said, there, it's the team's still not hitting on all, you know, eight cylinders, or if this is uh, since we're going to Germany, it'll be a 12 cylinder because, because <laughs> they, they make big, big engines. We'd there. be, um, we'd be getting passed on the automobile. Uh, right yeah, most definitely. We actually would be kicked off because if you don't drive fast enough, I think they kick you off the auto. I would love to drive on the Autobahn. I would happily drive. You should do it. I'd, I'd have to rent a car or something. Scott, let loose of some of that money, buddy. How close are we to the Audubon in Munich? Close. Does it go through Munich? Sure. It's nearby. Munich. Yeah, because uh, uh, Tim Duraki, our uh, director of travel, was uh, our team services, uh, was saying that he was on the Audubon. Nice. So I'll have to talk to him you about have that. To, you have to you know, think about it. Okay, you know, we'll that's, that's like once-in-a-lifetime experience. I have no specific plans, so we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, but anyway, yeah, the – there's reasons to believe, right? Those kind of games that give you reasons to believe. Well, it it, it gives you hope. Now, hope is not a strategy, right? But, Good call. But I but like I like it, that. It is it is. I'm gonna write that feeling down. that yes, this team can be this way. Now the question is, are they going to be consistently playing yeah. like that? Yeah. And personally, I like the fact that. Just the hurry up. To me, it's like they don't have to think; they just play. You know, I mean, when you when you look at that drive, you know, two two things: uh, the fact that they were able to do it without calling a timeout because they didn't have one. They didn't have one, but they were <laughs> able to march down the field to do that. How they were allowed to go out of bounds each yeah. ca- after the third? No, well, first catch was up the middle, but after that, to Scotty Miller a couple of times. I think I was watching a highlight, and I heard the Romo uh, call of that mm-hmm. middle part of that drive, and, and he said something like, that play down the middle where you then had to run up and spike put you in position where now you could you could you you were close enough that you could succeed on three or four plays where you mm-hmm. were thrown to the outside. And I would imagine it was hard to tell on the replay, but I think probably uh, Kate Otten, who made the catch, was sort of running a route that looked like he was going to break to the sideline because that's what they were expecting, and they were, they were covering the boundaries. Sure. But then he cut back in, and that's because that's not that's what the defense was giving away because they knew the Bucks didn't have a timeout. Unfortunately for them, Tom Brady that was a, got Tom Brady close enough that he could get the rest of the way on on throws to the outside. Yeah. And you know, if you're a Rams fan, you're sitting here going, "How are they letting letting yeah. him get out of bounds?" But sometimes the play is well deserved, well designed, or well run. And both Scotty Miller's seventeen and seven yard ones that got us down to the seven or fourteen and seven. Look like they they were given a ton of cushions because you can't let them run no, past no, you, as no. the Packers know. Right. You can't just let them run past you. That's yeah. the worst thing you can do. So you have to give them that cushion and guard against that. So Scotty just runs really hard and then breaks quickly to the outside. And it's it's and if you're if you're not, if you're trying not to give it the big play, it's also hard to stop that. And then the ball gets delivered on. Mark. Yeah, and well, like he threw the play to the second one took like one point seven seconds from the snap to him releasing and then the ball to. Scotty. So it's like you pick up seven yards down to the seven in, in the snap, in a snap. 
Yeah, and we were talking, a uh, uh, couple of us were talking about, uh, unfortunately, Scotty Miller dropped that ball in the end zone. <laughs> but but a couple of things. One, I don't think, uh, you know, Dave Dave Moore made a good comment during our broadcast that he really didn't need to jump. It, yes. And then when you jump, it changes your yeah. perception or vision of how the ball's coming in. But we were kind of discussing today, uh, had he made that, how much time was on yeah, the clock? Yeah, it worked out. So do they march down, kick a field goal, and then you go to overtime? Now you can't, you can't go. Well, let's not do the points now. Let's wait. You know, you got to take the points when you oh, can yeah. get them. But uh, what I'm alluding to there is he he drops it. But I liked what Tom Brady said after the game, and that was, "It's okay if you drop a pass. Yeah. I'm going to miss throws. The key is you were open." That you understood the play. Yeah. I thought that spoke volumes I from from just, uh, you know, oh, well, he'll never get the ball again because he dropped the ball. I don't think I've ever heard quarterback say that specifically before, but as soon as he said it, I was like, well, that's a good point. It is. Because he knows these guys can catch. And, and he knows he may, Mike, Mike, and, Mike Evans dropped the ball, but Tom knows he can catch. Yeah, but and Tom knows that sometimes he makes a bad yeah. throw. I, I, I know it's very hard to criticize Tom Brady, but in this particular instance, there are some throws that aren't there. Yeah, but this one to Scotty that yep. on the it was previous there. drive, yep. I think it was better than Scotty thought it was going to be because he, I think he thought he had to jump, and you see him jump, and then you see him pull his arms back mm-hmm. down. And, yeah, like you said, it changes. Right. The unnecessary jump usually messes up a catch. That game – was agonizing <laughs> all the way until the defense made that the final yeah. stop. The fir- how Cooper Cup does not get the first down, I'm still amazed by that. By the way he was running uh, he, on the side. I th- personally, I think he slid early, which I'm happy he did. Rams fans, I can tell, think the same thing. I've yeah. seen that on message boards. I personally don't think he makes it. Even if he to the run, sticks, if yeah. he goes to the outside, continues to the outside. So I think he had to say, "I have to slide now, or I'm going to go out of bounds." And that's the disaster that's he didn't want. All right, there you go. Okay, that's so, a good point. But I think there are Rams fans who would say, "Well, he could have cut it back in, and maybe that works." But either way, it keeps the play going. But I think these guys go into that play knowing, "Okay, if I'm not going to make it, I have to slide in." I, have to and in it, I understand why he did it. It's funny. Our um, COO stopped into the broadcast booth as that was going on, Brian Ford, and. Um, he looked at me and I said, we're going to get the ball back around 50 seconds. He goes, really? I go, yeah. I said, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> I don't know why I said <laughs> I think that. We'll be other, okay. other, than, other than Brian is so positive all the time, <laughs> I figured I had to throw that out there. But um, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. Yeah, it shouldn't be a problem. And, but, you know, it was in some ways, if you're going to be in that situation, you were looking at it and I don't know. After the first throw, I went, oh, my gosh, this is actually going to happen. And mm-hmm. and. I think it just changed. I, I, we won't know until later on this season, but that could be the point where you just go, "Wow, that yeah, was the turning was point." The turn but point. you know where we are. We're in no, we're in November, yeah. and you know my theory about November. It's time. I feel like you say that about whatever month we're happy to be going. No, no. We, well, we always we we we, we need to, we need to go. We only got what eight games left. So by terms of yeah. By in terms of, have you ever seen one of those um, next gen stats win probability charts? Um, yeah, you don't like yeah, those apparently. Just, yeah, it just changes all the time. I, yes, well, I yeah, understand. it changes by whatever well happens. Happen. Yes, I understand. So you know, you can picture with the fifty percent down line in the middle and the Rams on the top and the Bucks on the bottom and, uh-huh. the, and the line going up and down. Right. So according to and put as much stock in it. And you, I've heard other people that say they don't like win probability charts either, but a lot of people refer to them. So just let me talk about it for sure. A sure, absolutely. Here, let me pause. 
Go ahead. No. <laughs> at the at the after fourth down play and the penultimate Bucks drive failed in the end zone. We had, we were given a five percent chance of winning that game. There was one fifty two left. Five percent chance. Mm-hmm. After stopping, the defense made the stop it had to make because if if they got a first down, they were easily run out the clock. It went up to and the ball's at the forty with forty four seconds left. Mm-hmm. It was at ten point two percent. Okay, ten percent. That's better than nothing, right? Right. The it, and then and of course, as you would imagine, it went up, continued to go up and up and up. Yeah. Uh, although it went down briefly on the four yard Leonard Fournette catch. Um, but the biggest play that made the biggest jump in the Bucks' chances of winning that game was actually not an official play because it was the pass interference penalty ah, on um, Darian Kendrick. And that was. Which was a good call. Which was a good call. As Tom said afterwards, Mike probably catches that ball if he the guy doesn't interfere with Correct. him. Correct. It was a well-thrown ball. It was. Um, so that made it first and goal at the one. And I love the play that they ran. Love the play. I don't know. You've probably heard this already, too. Some fans may have already heard this, but Tom Brady – made that call or suggested the play? What? Why'd you roll your eyes? No, I, I'm, I'm listening. Why'd you roll your eyes at me saying Tom Brady made that call? Well, because it because it seems like when the plays are good. I'm not trying to make a value judgment. No, no, here. no, no, no. I know. But I'm just continue. Tom Brady thought of a play he really liked. Yep. Started over towards the sideline, signaled to Byron Leftwich what he wanted to run, and Byron Leftwich was all on board. So um, this isn't a Tom Brady no. Byron Leftwich thing, what, so you can stop rolling your eyes. No, what I what I liked about it was that I've seen that play so many times during practice. So over the course of three years and many practices, those guys both Agreed. have input into the offense. You, you know Tom – I'm not one of these people that thinks Tom Brady runs everything. No. But he's our GM and our head coach and our play caller. Uh, Byron Leftwich calls the plays. Um, but, of course, a quarterback of that experience, if he says, I like this play in this situation, and, and you're the OC, and you're like, mm, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, why not yeah. let him run it? Well, why wouldn't you? Yeah. So, well, yeah. I mean, Byron yeah. might have had something else in mind. Yeah. And, and then he he might have or he might not have caught. Do you think they could have I was They couldn't run. They, that's That was I was thinking, I, please don't run. They couldn't because I believe you, it was 13 seconds. Yeah, and you can't you can't run, get up, and spike the ball. There's no 13. way you can no. guarantee that you will get that ball set. The, you know, the official's going to have to come in there and set it. There's right. going to be huge bodies everywhere. At 13 seconds, it gives you what, two plays? Maybe three. But, Maybe. But, Depending um, on well, how fast he that, get, releases. The touchdown it. play took four seconds. Wow. So I think you could get three in. Okay. Because you only have to have one second to play the third play. Right. So if the two first two combine for 12, it doesn't matter how long the last one, as long as you got one second. Sure. I love the play. You got, you got Mike, Evan, Mike Evans isolated at the top. Well, from where I was, it was the top. On the left side of the, the line, mm-hmm. I believe Jalen Ramsey was in one-on-one coverage, which I'm not shocked they would do because when the, when the Bucks isolate Mike Evans on the goal line, they've run a lot of – Fades and things like right. quick, quick things that Mike's great at. So you have to worry about that. Here on the other end of the line, you got Kate Otten outside the right tackle and back off the line. You got Scotty, mm-hmm. no, Chris Godwin mm-hmm. uh, next to him, but on the line, and then Scotty next to him off the line. So it's one of those little V-looking trips, bunch formations, but uh-huh. condensed. Sure. Yep. At the snap, Cade – Engages with Leonard Floyd. So, hey, like I'm blocking block this play. Yeah. Just long enough. And then actually spins 270. So, he doesn't he doesn't turn to his right. He, he spins around 270, which is when we would run 
um, when we coached our flag football teams. Oh, yeah. When we would run plays that involved pivots, we always wanted the, re- the receivers to pivot towards the quarterback's face. So that way you guys hook up right away and you're looking at each other the whole way. Okay. So he pivots. That makes sense. He pivots 270 and, and, he's, and starts running out. S- Scotty and Chris Godwin both ran in-breaking routes, which engaged cornerbacks Troy Hill and Darian Kendrick for just a second. Yeah, those two sold it. Yeah, but I mean, they had to cover him. Yeah, until that's they right. until they see Tom turning to his right, they have to cover him. They can't just let him go. Right. So they start to cover him. It's just enough so that uh, I think it was Troy Hill was the closest. He he recognized the play quickly and started towards K, but he couldn't get there. He was yeah. in too much of a trailing position. So it was a beautifully executed play. Yeah, and it was a great catch too. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way he stuck the ball over the line. Uh, hey, it, it was very, uh, very exciting for Cade. Well, we ha- we've had him on here. Yeah, uh, he is he is coming together very very nicely as a as a rookie tight end. No one can um, expect him to be Gronk, or this year or per- per- yeah, perhaps ever. That's, who who else right. has been Gronk? Right? right, but he seems to be becoming a go to guy with Cam Brate being out. Yeah. He seems to be a guy that they're. I don't want to call it trust factor, but if you throw him the ball, it seems like he figures out a way to catch it. He's realistically becoming a weapon. Mm-hmm. I mean, fair. he's not going to give you 100 yards a game, but he's not Travis Kelsey, or at least not yet. No. But he's 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 widened the scope of what the offense can do. He's playing that if you're going to play against us, you have to pay attention to where and, he is. And gets. he's playing like 85% of the snaps every game now, which means they're satisfied with his blocking. Mm-hmm. And then Coe keeps getting oh, it for about 19 or 20 plays. And, and Coe, is blo- yeah. he lightened it up. He, he's old-time he's old fullback. No he caught question. another pass. He did. He gets like one yeah. a game. <laughs> uh, it's an, is that an attaboy pass? You block well. We're <laughs> going to throw you one. Here's one for Here's you. One for you. He, uh, Pad your stats. That's for all your fantasy football players. We're going to uh, give you a catch. Ooh, I don't know if I thought of a player this well, way. Well, you've got plenty of time. Um, yeah, so Kate Otten finishes with – Five catches for a team high sixty-eight yards. That's good production. Yes, it is. Um, and I could see it happening multiple times. Uh, I'm hoping it does. So that was good. We really, we really like Cade. He's a good dude. Yes, like seeing him do yes. well. Gets to play. He, it's a. I'm sure he likes going to Germany too. But this would be a homecoming game for him if we were. Oh no, we would have been at home. That's right. This is a home game. I was thinking back to Seattle, Washington. His grandfather was a well-known high school coach. They played for in state. It doesn't matter. I don't know why I'm going down this tangent because it was a home game. Well, that's okay. You can go do that. But anyway. That's what's nice. You have this knowledge that I have no idea where it comes from. I will tell you this. That 28-yard catch by Kate Otten was the Buccaneers' only big play of the entire game. Big plays generally defined as 20 yards or more on catches and 10 yards or more on runs. So we went... 59 plus minutes without generating a single big play. So if you're looking for reasons to pump the brakes here a little bit, that's one right there. What, what are you doing? You're texting I somebody. Have to, I have to reply to something. So that's why you're just giving me looks like that pretend you're listening to Yes, me. I okay, am I'll listening. just keep talking then. You're, you, you are, you are just a wealth of information. We are talking about, since we're on the tight ends and the fact that Gronk isn't here, uh, I think one of the things... Do you think he can come back no. at this stage? I mean conceivably sure but i would not expect it because i remember when he came out of retirement in 2020 and came to training camp and it, it took some time for him to get in mm-hmm. play. I mean, that was kind of a big story yeah and then even when the season started it took some time before he started looking like old gronk right and if you and if he does come back then wouldn't you as a defensive coordinator just key on him <laughs> i mean because well know, good that'll draw attention it, right 
But uh, I wouldn't. He can't be in playing shape at this point. No. I mean, no, I don't care how much he works out. If it's the same as bef- during his retirement, then yeah. he wouldn't walk in the door ready to play, and we're already in week 10. Yeah, you're, yeah, football shape is different than regular shape. So, But, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he comes back in a couple weeks, and, yeah. and by the playoffs, he's a force. I don't know. Uh, but I'm not expecting it. I no, don't think you are either. No, no. But it's great fodder. It's fun to talk about. And I like when he said his uh, – his, uh, what does he say? His girlfriends are missing him or something of that nature, which he said that on the Fox pregame. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. But I'll tell you this. I think we are seeing just a little bit of how important Rob Gronkowski was to the mm. running game. Mm. He really – I mean, he was always a threat to go out, so you couldn't you couldn't just stack the box and assume that the tight end wasn't going anywhere. But he added a lot to that. And that's not anything against Cade no. or Co. but Gronkowski – Really was an important part of that running game. Well, and also it's called experience. You know, those guys are just coming into the league and they're learning a new system and it takes a little bit of time. Um, but who knows where they're going to end up? I think they're off to a great start as rookies. I, I couldn't be happier for that. And considering that we were struggling, uh, you know, with Cam Brate getting hurt, um, Rudolph not playing as much as we thought he was going to play. So. You know, they're answering the bell. Now, you're the one on your phone. I know. I, I was like hoping it. you'd keep talking. I can. I, I can. My wife called, and I just want to make sure oh, there's nothing yes. important. Well, that, you know what? So I'm, we'll talk. You need to take care of that immediately. And I'm going to say... Um, you could be reading a commercial if we had a sponsor. I could, but, you know, hey, speaking okay, of, we're doing very well with that. I'm sure that's You mean good. with our downloads? Yeah. Good. Yeah. It seems, it seems to be spreading. I'm not really that's sure awesome. why. I keep asking, do you know why? And I get this blank look like, beats the crap out just, of me. I don't know. Just charisma, I guess. I guess so. Uh, okay, so I didn't – okay, the next guy we need to talk about is the guy who got the game ball in the locker room. Yeah. And for very good reason – Okay, let, let me put it this way. I think it's pretty darn cool to be, to have witnessed, to be there to witness the best game ever played for your franchise by a player at a certain position. Uh-huh. So, like, for instance, I guess Doug Martin's 251-yard, four-touchdown cool. That was probably the best yeah. game ever for a running, running back. back, right? And Jimmy Giles' four touchdowns against Dolphins. Yeah. I didn't get to see that one, but nope. maybe you did. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you saw that one. Uh I don't know. What's the best game ever by a receiver for us? There's been so many yeah. good ones. That one's but, a little tough. Yeah, but, you but know what I'm saying, I though. know exactly what you're saying. We just witnessed the greatest game ever by a Buccaneers punter. It was unbelievable. And I don't even have to say arguably or what could be. Uh-huh. It is inarguably what? the best game ever was by that, a Buccaneers punter. Was that a 74-yard punt? The last – the long – was that? I don't know if that was his. He had he had sixty six, sixty eight, and seventy four, but yeah. I don't remember exactly what order. The, I, the one that he changed, the S- flipped the field totally. Well, we got two straight, we got two straight penalties on trying to get the punt off. Uh-huh. At, right. And after one pretty good punt, yeah, they're uh, like, yeah. back him up and make him do it again. Yeah. That yeah. was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then we had like a false start. When when that punt was done, where our broadcast booth, I can see our coaches and Jackie was up on the upper level, uh-huh. and as I turned around, she turned around, and we made eye contact, and I went, "Wow!" <laughs> <laughs> and she just did that smile, you know. Which you're speaking of Jackie Davidson, who was with who us was last on our podcast. week. Yeah. Was it just last week? It was. God, time goes by fast. And uh, that that just seemed to like almost. 
that was the second most important play. Uh, it might have been the first important play because it changed everything. It, it changed the, the feeling in the stadium, mm-hmm. you know, besides field position. I mean, it was just one of those, are you kidding me? The, the Buccaneers, the Matt Gay of the Rams had just kicked a field goal to make it 10-6. to six. Yeah. We get the ball back with nine minutes left in the third quarter. Hadn't done anything on our first drive of the first half. Didn't do anything on this one. Three and out. Kamara mm-hmm. punts a 57-yarder, which is very good. Very. But our guy, Coquif, is called for holding. <laughs> happens. Um, happens. Um, who knows? The holding might have kept the punt from being blocked. They, oh, look at you. I don't really know. No. But sometimes that's Boy, that happens. sounds good, though. Uh, so they, like, back him up 10 yards because they could have just taken the 10 yards at the end of the the punt return, mm-hmm. but they took they've chose to back him up ten, make him punt again, which yeah. was as I said a moment ago, bad decision, big mistake. Wonder so, wonder if anyone will learn by that and not do that. It's again. like um, you remember the movie Pretty Woman. I do. When um, oh, what's her name? I mean, in the in the movie, I think her character name is. I see Evelyn? her face. But what's the actress's name? Famous. I know, very famous. She was in. Oh, Sam, uh, no, I almost said Sandra Bullock. Um, no, not Sandra Bullock. No, I know. Um, pretty woman. Um, oh my! Every there are people listening to this yes, podcast right yelling. now, screaming. She at was us. in Magnolium. Oh or yeah, something. we could name yeah, tons she, of Steel Magnolias. Yeah, 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 she was in that. That was early um, in her career. Yes, very, very much so. This is ridiculous that anyone can think of this. Uh, Julia I, Roberts. Julia Roberts. I was uh, starting to look it up, but I remembered it right before I did. Good job. So Julia Roberts, she's having that scene where she's shopping uh-huh. and going to all those really expensive boutiques. Yep, in and uh, she goes, Rodeo Drive. Goes uh, into the first one, and she, you know she's dressed kind of in her original sure. clothes, and mm-hmm. so the saleswoman is looking down on her, and she doesn't end up helping her. The rest of the day, she does all her shopping. She comes back into that store with a bunch of bags. Obviously, I've spent a ton of money. Uh-huh. Goes, do you work on commission? Yes, we do. And she holds up a bag and goes, big mistake. Big. <laughs> huge. The to, I say that, to the Rams, backing that, up, giving Jake Kamara another big chance. Mistake. Big mistake. Big. Huge. huge. So, yeah. So, the fact that you're quoting Pretty Woman <laughs> cracks me up. Hey, man. It's irrelevant. There are some scenes that just stick with you. I... Okay, I remember it now that you say it, but I didn't know where you were going. I think with of that any time I say big mistake. That's oh, why. Right. That's so fair. yeah, so it's you make two penalties in a row. You just had your second three and out in a row, and you're like, they're going to get the ball back again, and then Kamara just blasts it right. Yeah. Yep. And then the defense starts throwing three and outs at them on almost every drive. They did get one more field goal, but I think it was a turning point. I, and, and it was well at that point. It was one of the highest points in the game because truly, that was a hard game. I mean, yeah. you kept thinking, when's when's it going to start? When when is the team going to kick in gear? Um, even Gene made the comment. Uh, do they realize uh, day, it was daylight savings? Did they forget? <laughs> did they did they turn their clock back too many yeah. too many hours? Um, yeah, we it was, it was weird. It was a, it was largely a field position game, uh-huh. and when you have a punter doing what he's doing, you win that field position. And it wasn't like the Rams were lighting no. it up either, by the way. Well, but their punter was doing great. He was. He finished with nine punts. Wow. Uh, at fifty three gross, forty three point nine net, which are fantastic numbers. Yeah. But it didn't hold a candle. No. And um, in a field position game, at the end, the Rams had an average drive start of their twenty two. And the Bucks average draft start of their 31. Yeah. Speaking of special teams, the blocked field goal. Oh. Now. This is a pet peeve of mine. Well, it is mine, too, because 
I believe he did touch, and I want to look at the film, but as it was happening, we thought his his foot caught a Buccaneer player, and that is if you leap, you can leap over a player during a field goal, but you can't touch him, and you can't use him to help you leap over. And you can only start one yard back, so you can't get a big long. Yeah, run you start. can't do. Yeah, you, you can basically take it. one step forward and jump over, and you have to time it perfectly, obviously. Sure. And you have to clear if your foot grazes the back. You're going to get a penalty yeah. if they see it. I've not, I've not seen that whether that had happened or not. Todd came to the pod, Todd came to the podium on Monday and said it was a clean play. Okay, well then you have to go with that. Was that, was that, was that the the leap or was that uh, the ball? He meant the leap was a clean play. Okay, because there, are, you know, all of a sudden special teams played a major role in this game. So this is this is my pet peeve, all and right. I may have mentioned this on this podcast before because I feel very strongly about this but I hardly ever get anybody to agree with me, so I might be on an island here. They changed that rule, I don't remember when, 2007, something like that, mm-hmm. to make to put in a lot of restrictions. So, like, you can't run up and jump, and you can't, like you said, you can't use them to propel yourself over, largely because they're worried about injuries of people laying sure. on top. Remember, Simeon Rice got that penalty for right. leaping. Yeah. And he didn't even touch anyone. Touch, he touched his own teammates, and he didn't get make a running start. Right. Anyway, we complain about that one a lot. Yep. Um. I think that play should be illegal, period. Okay. If you're trying to jump over the guy, but if you land on them, it's going to be a penalty, you're you're doing an action that has a very good that you know has a very good shot of being a penalty and potentially creating an injury. Right. Just make just outlaw the play. Just say you can't jump over the line. Why would be what would be hard about that? It wouldn't. It always but... feels like a huge cheat to me when a guy does that. Yeah. That, so well, I would but, like to see that play. But if you got a guy that has a great, you know, no, if it's got a, a good if it's, leap, yeah, stand still, leap. I if mean, it's in the rules, yeah. yeah. But in this case, the the center in a in a normal play on offense, the center is snapping the ball, but he's looking up mm-hmm. on a long snap. The long snapper is, has his head down. down and is looking through his legs, and will never get up in time, and will never know that the guy's leaping over him. That's why nobody does it on an offensive play. They're taking advantage of the fact. Okay. That the long snapper has to keep his head down. uh I don't like it. I mean, they have the rule where you can't line up a blocker right across from the long snapper, so why can't somebody jump over him? I'll bring it up to the commissioner. Okay, you do that. Because he's... he's, Are you seeing him shortly? uh, I'm going to see him in Germany. He's going to be on Bucks Radio. How about that? Oh, I actually was joking. No, I am serious. Okay, you're serious? I have. We've been been in communication, and uh, yes. You're going to ask him all the hard questions? He's going to be live with us. How about that? That's neat. It is. Very cool. Um, so to finish, to put a bow on the um, Camarda discussion, and by the way, I've already written the Jake Camarda Special Teams Player of the Week award. You think he gets if it? If he doesn't win it, it's it, a crime and you a don't think, You don't think they give it to the uh, um, uh, Chargers uh, kicker because he kicked uh, two field goals, one to tie and one to win the game? It happens all the time. Yeah, and they weren't very long. Yeah, that yeah. happens all the time. All right, I'm just checking to see. He punted six times. Okay. He among those six punts were three of the eight longest punts in franchise history. His seventy-four yarder we've been talking about uh-huh. was the best ever. Was tied a nineteen ninety-seven Sean Landetta punt. I remember Sean. Sean Landetta. Yeah, he played forever. We were kind of near the end of his career. Very much near the end of his career. Uh, his his fifty-nine point five gross average ties for the best ever in NFL history. If you had at least six punts in the game. 
His 54.2 net average is the third best in uh, in a six-month game, six months or more, ever. They're both by far Buccaneer records. So you wrote this story because you feel like he deserves it and you just ahead of the curve because – He's going to get it. That's why I wrote it. I'm going to have to write it at some point. You believe he's getting it. Yeah, Yeah, and then – I mean, I don't have any inside information Oh, but you just – the way you follow stats and things of that nature, you're like all in. This game was too important. What special teams player this week could have possibly – and it's it's only NFC, so we don't have to to worry about the Chargers. Well, there you go. Okay, fair enough. Um, Good idea. Somebody was probably yelling at the podcast about that right now, too. Well, if you're – yelling let me let me explain something about programming if you can make the listener respond to what you're saying and doing then you're you are engaging them couldn't which I, is what you want couldn't i do that then by consistent consistently saying false things so that they're yelling like you know like uh i don't know there's a network that is making millions and billions of dollars being that way kind of the hot take kind yeah, of thing yeah yeah i mean you know don't don't let facts of a Get in the way of a good story for crying out loud. You okay? Yeah, I just needed something to drink. Okay. Uh, so anyway, so you you're you're here on this Tuesday. They announced it what on Wednesday? Yeah. So okay. they they'll decide tonight. Sure, 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 sure. So we just you know they announce around eight thirty, so we like to be ready. Yeah. So, you're I, wrote, always, so I wrote a story. Already. You're always ready. It's not a hard story to write. Well, it kind of wrote itself, didn't it? It was fun. Okay. I, like I just it. can't imagine there's another single. Oh. Special teams player in the NFC this week who next Tuesday, who, if it doesn't happen, you are going to be very salty. On yes, this. I would say something like, "I'll eat my socks if he doesn't oh, get it." But um, no, I I don't trust the NFL that much to get this right. <laughs> how is it? But how is it? How, how could any how anybody in their right mind with a with a computer with with, with the facts of having gen stats around you? How could you not make this happen? <laughs> That's my question. Oh, I mean, I've written everything I can. Uh-huh. That was my sidebar after the story. It was on how often do you, is your main sidebar after a game on the punter? I know. But it was his – he was – how many players do I have to get down to for him to not be in this group? Okay. Would you say he was one of the five most important players to that victory? Yes. Maybe also Tom, Vita Vega, Cade maybe? Yeah, because Cade had a couple good catches. He had the one over the middle in that try. He had two big catches. Maybe so. one of our offensive linemen because the protection was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Was he one yeah. of the top four? Most important I, players? I would say top three. You would put yeah, because, because Kamart in top I, three. I honestly believe if he doesn't kick that 74-yarder and flip the field as far back as he did, he, he could have been an easy three points as far back as yeah. we were. You know, I mean, I mean, they could they would get in field goal range very quickly. It, so, and he just didn't have any clunkers. He didn't have any shanks. Mm-mm. So he, and and honestly, he could have had uh, about let's see, three and a half more yards added to his net because I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who are convinced that last punt that hit quote unquote hit the goal line didn't really hit the goal line. Uh, that what's so bizarre about that is. The official came over and told the story I heard, and correct me if I'm wrong. The official came over and told Todd that they've already looked at it and and it's not going to change. That's what Todd said. And so, you know, don't don't challenge. Basically, you're going to waste your time out. And, and they eventually needed that time out. But if they're already telling you that, then that's a challenge, right? I mean, they, they pre-challenged for you. Which I don't understand. Well, I don't know if that's the exactly right way to represent that because what Todd said at the podium was they told him they couldn't tell. 
Okay. And I thought by that they meant the refs on the field. Oh, okay. So they're like, we can't tell. And then Todd himself is getting information uh, uh, from upstairs, and they're saying they can't tell. No, we well, we, CBS so, had a pretty good shot at it, and I I, I think it would be – It, it was going to stand either way. Well, yeah, because I don't think it was enough to make you say, yeah, I know for sure. It. Right, it's supposed to be conclusive. Correct. Right? But I think there's – at least a fifty percent chance that they did not hit the line because mm-hmm. when they when they slow it down and stop it right at the point of contact, I can't tell. Yeah, I'm biased. And I think I don't think that's touching the white, but all it yeah. has to do is touch the very very edge of the white. Yeah, doesn't have to cross it. No, doesn't. But my God, that's amazing. He's he's booming so all these. Close. He's booming all these sixty eight yarders, and then when he's only what? What? I'm trying to figure out what how far away. Oh, when it he was how far the punt was? Yeah, before before they took the yardage away. Be, uh, yeah, yeah, how far away were we when we were punting that oh. ball? This is you have to look I know. At, yeah, no, you, well, you have to look at it. I mean, it's hard to remember that. Okay, stuff. so it was it was early in the fourth quarter. It was a sixty-six yard punt. See, that's a pretty strong punt. Punting at sixty-six yards to the very edge of the goal line and then having it bounce sideways. Yeah, that's incredible. It is, and so he basically missed. By a centimeter, another one of the most incredible punts you'll ever see. Right? Yep. So, anyway, I, I guess that's enough on the punter. But well, but, but you know what? Usually you only talk about the punters when they shank one. Yeah. You know, or they make a mistake, or they didn't make the tackle. <laughs> he also yeah. had two tackles in the game. Yeah, well, there's that. That was great during the press conference when somebody's like, do you? Because he's got four tackles now. Uh-huh. And he, he, he kicks off, too, so he can get tackles on kickoffs. Uh-huh. He's like, they asked Todd, are you comfortable with – with your punter making that many tackles, and he said, "No, I am not." <laughs> <laughs> so he's not a big guy. I mean, he's not that small for a punter. No, but I'm just saying it's not. You know, you know, it was like. <laughs> how about this comparison? <laughs> it, was, it was like watching Steph Curry when he gets into one of those zones, um, and he can just yeah. he's he he hits from the three point line, then he hits from five feet behind the three point line, and then he's pulling up five yards over the over half court. And he's just he's draining everything. Here's Jake. He's he's putting a 66 yarder. Then he's putting a 68 yarder. Then he's yeah. putting a 74 yarder. He was didn't matter how far away you put him. He was he was making it happen. So yeah. I just made a Jake Camarda, Steph Curry reference. Reference. I, yeah. That will probably never happen again. If you want to know a little bit more about about Jake and and um, Ryan Suckup, they were on Bucks Total Access. Nice. And very interesting listening to them talk and talk about different grasses. Cool. It sounds weird, but different grasses. Yeah, on fields right. like how it affects how they kick, how they get their footing. So I mean, it it's really kind of you know you go well. I mean, we got lucky because we got them. Both of them had great games. They're very valuable yeah. to this game. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was an interesting listen. That's so cool. If you want to get a little a little dive into it. it's not something that you always hear about. But it would be it's it's good stuff. I was thinking at the after the game that maybe it would be a good idea to ask Jake to come on here. Mm-hmm. But then I thought he's probably gonna, this is probably the week he's going to be asked to do a lot of stuff. And then you and I thought about it. And with the short week, with the things condensed a little bit because of the travel to Munich. Well, yeah, yesterday they had a long day yesterday, and then they're off today, Wednesday. We would normally get them on Wednesday around lunchtime, but right. Wednesday's crazy. Wednesdays are crazy, but especially this week, right? right. Wednesday's going to be crazy. Thursday's going to be even crazier. Well, it'll be crazy until you get on the plane and you're like, oh, great, now i got 10 hours. <laughs> I keep forgetting when I'm at home to load up entertainment mm-hmm. on like a tablet or something. Well, there is entertainment on the plane. I know, but you never know what you're going to get. 
Well, I'm kind of hoping that the Elvis movie's on there and Top Gun's on there because I haven't. Seen I could it. watch. You have not seen the new. No. Well, the last, the last, the last um, away game we went to, I was, but it was only like an it hour. It wasn't long fl- enough. Yeah, it was an hour flight, and I'm not going to watch a movie and then go. Someone goes, "We'll just watch it and then continue it." No, the, I don't want to do that. I've done I, that before. I know, but I want to watch the whole thing. So. I did that. I think the Pittsburgh trip with the with the old Tom Cruise movie, The Firm. Uh huh. That's a good movie. It was good, yeah, and I yeah. wanted to see how how well it held up. It's weird to see a movie where, where Wilford Brimley is the bad guy. I like it. <laughs> but um, yeah, that that movie was pretty good. It, it featured, of course, a, a lot of Tom running like Tom runs in movies. Yeah, yeah. a very young Tom Brady. But that new Top Gun, not only do I think it's fantastic, yeah. way exceeded my expectations. Really? But every single person I've talked to about it has felt the same way. I have not heard one negative word about that movie. Yeah, I heard, I, I made a comment about watching it on the plane, and someone said, you got to see it on the big screen. And I get that, but, yeah. you know, let me be the judge. Now that. that I've already seen it on the big screen, I can maybe watch it again on small. Oh, there you go. Maybe that. But too. anyway, I would go ahead and watch it. Yeah. Well, you got to find mindless stuff. It'll still be entertaining. But as, back to the short week, it, it's, it's going to be, you know, well, not only, it's a short week, but it's not a short week because... Thursday is practice like normal, and then um, we leave late in the afternoon. And then on Friday, after we land in Munich, a few hours later, then there is practice. So as you think, oh, they're not practicing for this, they are. It's pretty much staying the same. Uh, Friday schedule will be the same as if we were here. And then on Saturday, they're having the walkthrough as if they always do before a game. They have a walkthrough, and, and this time it'll be at the stadium. So they get a a feel for the stadium itself, the grass, the locker room. Uh, you know, it it sounds weird, but it is nice to be able to go someplace before game day and look around and get familiarized with it. It does make a difference, and and so you're not just kind of lost. Hmm. So that'll that'll be uh, it's going to be a very fast, sh- short week. How's that? Yeah. So yeah. there's challenges. So we thought let's not add another challenge yeah. to a player. To a player schedule, and so. then and then next week it's bye week. But fortunately, it's not too hard to find a lot to talk about after no, that game. No, jeez, so. man. There are people, and I've already looked at the questions we got. Uh-oh. Three of like three of them came in today. It was pretty light, and then I'm like, oh hey, here now we go. Uh-huh. Uh There are several references to ugly wins, which we talked about earlier. Um, we're, we're we're broken records about on this subject. I've seen so many pretty losses. I don't care to see any more. The NFL was all about ugly wins this week, right? Wasn't just us. I think Minnesota. So. Oh yeah, Minnesota barely held on, um, and then Kirk Cousins started oh, uh, doing his. He started. He pulled out the freaking. You like that thing again? Yeah, that's Come their. Around. That's their. Uh, that's okay. Uh, Kansas City. You think they care that that was an ugly win? Yeah, they had to have some. Had, Patrick Mahomes running heroics. Yeah, they to had. They had a overtime. lot. They had a lot of. Just, uh, you're salty about this game. Let's just say luck was on their side. There are a couple things that, that I just don't. Uh, you know, if there's a rule that you can't take your helmet off when you're on the field, then you should call that at all times. And there was, uh, in our game, a player took their helmet Jaylen off. Ramsey. He took his helmet off after the big stop. Um, and that was the same crew that called taking your helmet off against the Carolina Panther uh, wide receiver after the touchdown, which they ended up missing the extra point and then losing the game. And then, you know, a star tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs flings his helmet, and there's no flag. 
Um, you were also pretty salty about all the uh, chances they had on the two four, conversion. Four. Count them. Hey, man, four. If you keep holding, they're, they're going to keep getting new plays. Dude. Dude. This famous tight end had his hands on the defender's helmet like this, <laughs> and they called it on the defender. You're mad at, you're just, mad at him. I'm just saying it just seemed different. That's the Chargers? They I don't Listen, I don't care who won the game. I just like to see, you know, like, hey, come on, you know. You want to? You don't want to see somebody, a team unfairly? No. Get you know, lost? I mean, I'm... I mean, listen, it's human to error, and it's never going to be perfect. And I, and I, you know, how they make calls as fast as they do, and 99, yeah, very difficult 99% job. of the time they're right, and it's really easy to watch it in slow-mo. But sometimes there is. I mean, and I guess you can miss it because you, you can't see it because someone's blocking your vision. I mean, you're on the field, and you, well, lots if, going on. Think if you're the guy that was, that was making the call on, on the punt at the goal line we were just talking about. Right. He's looking down that line. That ball hits – from replay imperceptibly did it touch the line or not. He's got to make a decision. Right. And he probably got it right. But either way, I wouldn't blame him for getting it wrong because he's got to make a split yeah. second decision I, one way or another. I don't think I, I don't think I would ever want that job because no matter uh, how good you are, there's always someone yelling at you. So I think that you could I've and I've done some umping for softball and uh -huh. youth, youth baseball. I think you can legitimately have a game where you get almost everything right yeah. as an umpire. Okay. I don't know how that can happen in, in football. No, there's too much going on. With the speed and the violence and, and so many players. Most baseball transactions, plays, right. are basically between one or two players. I mean, you don't have to know what the left fielder is doing when you're calling a strike. Right. So, um, I don't know. If, I don't know why I went down. Reffing in the NFL, in the in the NBA would be even worse because sure. everything, well, everything's a freaking foul. Yeah, I can't watch that. No, I'm yeah. No, I'm not a fan of that. The only time I watch NBA is when it's the playoffs and it's the Warriors. Oh wow! You have a favorite team? No, I just like watching Steph Curry. Oh okay. You have a favorite player? Steph Curry that's, and a that's heater. different than a favorite team. Steph Curry. And I, a di I I digressed on that, but yes, you're right. There's there's a lot of I don't know. It's just really weird when you when I mean, look at the Green Bay Packers uh, and the Lions game. Uh, how, well, how crazy was that game? I mean, you're thinking, you know, this isn't going to hold up, and the Lions held on, you know, and they made big plays. Two interceptions in the end zone. It's a third, in the, a third in the red zone. Yeah, that's actually what the point I was working towards uh -huh. before I got sidelined by Reffin. No, no, I did it to myself. Yeah. I was talking about the teams that got ugly wins. Okay, Tampa Bay did. Yeah, by by the definition of ugly, by what people want to call the ugly ways. All right, Minnesota did, Kansas City did, mm -hmm. Chargers did. Mm -hmm. The Green oh, Bay, the Chargers game. Did you see how? Yeah, let's yeah. get back to that. Okay, the Green Bay Packers notably did not get the ugly win. Mm -hmm. I think most people watching the game figured they'd eventually come back and just you know eke one out over the Lions because the Lions have been pretty bad, yeah. and the Packers have generally owned the Lions, right? Oh, they have, no question. But it didn't happen. Mm -mm. So, hey. I'm much happier to be a, a Bucks employee than a Packers employee right now, Ooh. and I'll take I'll take eight more ugly wins before the season's over. If that's how they're going to happen. So, I'll take an ugly win in the Super Bowl. I don't care about ugly wins, and and yeah. this ugly win was actually really thrilling. It was, you know, yeah. It, as as frustrating as that game was, it was talk about a high when it was over. It was, with. It was like it washed away all the frustration. It it was. It was like, and then you can look back and go, well, hey. Our defense was actually pretty darn good. You know that when that Cooper Cup 64, 69, I think, yeah. whatever yard touchdown happened. As a busted play for sure. There was, I just, the level of 
you complaints. Can't let, you can't let that happen. Are you kidding me? That can't happen. I, I, I didn't hear that one in particular, but and I'm not even necessarily talking about the press box because I'm sure there were people in the in the stands, stands or watching yeah. on TV or who who are livid about that play. But listen, look at the hole. That was that was basically their. One great play of the whole game. Wow. I think Cooper Cup had one other like. But that one yarder. great that one great play just about beat you. That was the only touchdown that the defense allowed. They allowed 206 total yards and nine first downs. Mm-hmm. And Cooper Cup had like more than 50 percent of their yardage. Cooper Cup has been demolishing everybody for the last two years. And I mean, look at his stats from this year. Uh-huh. Everything else about the Rams' offense has gone wrong. But somehow he still put up the same numbers as he, as he did last year. Theoretically, if you can keep Cooper Cup from having like 200 yards and three touchdowns and just make sure nobody else on that offense hurts you, you got a great chance of winning. So let's not flip out after one touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I felt bad. I, I, think, I think the reason why people would flip out over that is because it's Cooper Cup and he's running down. Yeah, well, it was a, a busted play, and that's and that's what Todd said. It was totally a busted. Nobody play. went. Nah, let's. We don't need to cover Cooper on this one. Yeah, that happens, and he's a great player. He makes things happen. But two hundred six sure. yards, nine touchdowns, nine first downs, one touchdown. That was their only touchdown. That's true. I mean, if you told me before the game Cooper Cup was going to score, but that would be their only touchdown, you'd take it. I'd I, take it, no, of course. Yeah, no, there's no question. I think I think losing five out of six games. Yeah, the frustration factor was so high that no matter what happened in that game, people were getting or were cranky. They were salty, as a matter of fact. And then that particular play, it's like, are you kidding me? I mean, if you if you don't do anything else, just keep an eye on Cooper Cup. Yeah. And but it was one touchdown. You ended up winning the game, so it's all good. But I think I really believe. Winning that game, it just everything just feels different. Now, I'm, I, maybe I'm wrong. I'm hope I'm not, but it it just feels different. Since you won, this is the point I was trying to make. You can look back and see all the positives, and I'm basically saying the defense looked great. Um, right? Yeah. the The run defense was good, although the Rams have a terrible rushing attack. Um, you would be feeling a little silly singing the praises of your punter after a loss, right? That's true. But now you can look back and say how well the special teams did. Uh, Suckup had that one block, but that's obviously not his fault. He made another 50, mm-hmm. made two others, which obviously made the difference in the final score. Jalen Darden, he's getting you 10 yards every time now. Uh-huh. And he had eight, eight punt returns for 82 yards, also very important in the field position game we were talking about. Um, he's like seventh in the league in punt return average at this point. Yeah, which is s- sneakily surprising. That's my point. Yeah. yeah. So you can look back at the, and then you can look back and go, okay, the offense wasn't wasn't great, and we couldn't generate any big plays, but it was there when we needed it. And, I, I and would, Scotty Miller and yeah. K. Dotton gave Tom some other options when they they were going. We're not going to let Mike Evans and, and Chris beat us at the at the right. sidelines. Right. And they're they're bracketing those guys, and Scotty Miller and Kate Otten were able to step up. I was surprised um, that Tom had a couple balls batted down like that. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Very it much. doesn't happen very much with him, and that's well, that's a passing lane, or they just knew where to go. But you know, you can't. You know, the Rams' defense is pretty good. You know, there's a guy in there. You know, ninety nine. He's pretty strong. Yeah. So Jalen Ramsey's great. Uh huh. Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. He's doing well. So a few more I'm things. I'm sure. 
I'm sure the Rams flying back to uh, L.A. were thinking how they let one get wet. Oh, 100%. We would have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. We have, we have to close them out. We have to close them out. Sure. We have to play full yep. 60 minutes. And they kind of said that. Well, Ramsey kind of threw his offense underneath the bus after in the in the locker room. Yeah, that, I know. Which is which – is, so but, but, again, that's frustration because they're not winning either. What are they, three and six now? Yeah. Or six and five. Three and five. Three and five. So you give up the Cooper Cup TD, but that was the only play in the entire first half that was longer than five yards. But it just seemed like it was It more. was bad. It, it yeah. was bad. But think about they ran, I don't know – Let's see. A certain number of first half plays. Well, there weren't that many plays. I mean, defensively. They ran 27 first half plays. Okay. And 26 of them gained five yards or fewer. That's pretty good. I'll take that. Well, they didn't really have that many offensive plays to begin with. I think they only Uh, had like 55. That's that's on the low side, isn't it? Yeah, it is a little low. um, But that's what happens when you do eight three and outs. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they only average the best number here is they only average three point seven yards per play. That's, that's that's quite low. Yeah, that's very good. So low. so it's a nice building block for the for the Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers. You you saw, I don't even know. I I saw this in the stat sheet, and I know Jannard Avery got a sack when he was chasing Matthew towards the end of that game, and Matthew kind of slid down. Stafford. Uh-huh. I don't know yeah. why I'm calling him Matthew. We're not buddies. Right. Uh, hey, Matty. Um, well, yeah, well, yeah. But he also had three quarterback hits. I didn't even see that happen. Mm. That was. But that was that was good because you're without Shaq Barrett. Yeah. Anthony Nelson has to step up, and Gennard's now the fourth man in the I, rotation. I like what Todd had to say about uh, Nacho. That, that Nacho has missed more sacks than sacks <laughs> that he got. He said this on his radio show. <laughs> yeah. And that uh, he did get the sack, and Nacho is not letting Todd forget that he got the sack. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can understand why they'd be, both be talking about it, because Nacho has been here since 2018. Wow. That was his first sack as a Buccaneer. <laughs> Well, like he said, he missed more sacks. <laughs> I mean, that's that's obviously not generally his role. He's a reserve mm-hmm. nose tackle. He's plugging up the middle and stopping the run. But every now and then, you know, you would expect a sack. That's the first one. And he gets it. <laughs> I was happy for him. You know, and Vita Vea played like everyone was wondering what happened to him and what's going on. And uh, he certainly was very And now very... he's up to what? Seven and a half sacks? Something like that. He had what? Two, and, two sacks? He had two sacks and three QB hits. Yeah. So... I, certainly, uh, with Akeem Hicks coming in, now you have to pay attention. You can't necessarily double-team Vita Vea. He's got so, six and a half sacks with eight games to go. Wow. I mean, he went to the Pro Bowl last year. Yeah. If he gets anywhere near double digits, he's a lot to go back. I'll tell you who else had a pretty decent game. You tell me. I'm sure because he sure got beat up a week ago. But Devin White had a pretty decent game. Yeah, good. He played much better. Much better. He seemed to be doing what he was supposed to do. So hopefully that is a building I think he got started early on. They ran like one of those jet sweeps to Cooper Cup. And this was early, early in the game. And he he came around the back and made the tackle from behind uh, from all the way across the field. And it was only like a two-yard game. Mm -hmm. We did a very good job on their jet sweeps and their attempts to get Cup and a couple other guys around the perimeter. So we we gave up the one bust to Cup, but we didn't give up those plays around the edge. and, And Ty Bull said that was a very important thing. And that leads me into the next thing. Carlton Davis was back. Yeah. Sean Murphy Bunting was back. He hadn't been starting, but in this last few games, he would have been playing a lot with Antoine Winfield out. So he steps back into the slot. And I don't know how all those guys, him, those two and Jamel Dean graded out, but the numbers overall tell me they did a good job. And Todd said that Carlton and Sean were, and Jamel were very good on the perimeters on those jet sweep mm-hmm. So 
that's a good thing. We're getting some guys back. I'm crossing my fingers that Anton Winfield will be back because, you know, I'm his biggest fan. Yeah. Well, yeah, and concussion protocol. That's, that's just, You never know. Yeah, just don't know when But it's been a couple weeks now, so, I'm, you know, I'm hoping he feels better is my mm, point. Yeah. I'm not hoping. No, it, well, the thing is is that he has been feeling better, but it's just a question of are you ready to take another hit? Yeah. Well, you can't know that till I know. You just There's like five steps in the protocol, and, you know, it would be a great – he did start practicing on a limited fashion – at the end of last week, although they knew he wasn't going to play. If tomorrow he's practicing fully, then you're thinking, okay, hopefully that means he's close to the mm-hmm. – and he'll be ready by Sunday. That's what I'm hoping. Not, I'm not here hoping that he would play even though he wasn't ready because obviously I don't want that. I want him to be healthy. Yeah. And then that will also be a great boon to the defense. Right? A boon? A boon. Do you, I like it. Okay, we're probably about done here before the questions, but let, okay. a couple things from around the NFL. All right. How about the uh, – how about the Indianapolis Colts? I don't even know what to say on that. I don't even know what to say. I, it's. Uh, I think what well a couple of things. One, you hold a press conference during a Monday night football game, so that might have been the really strategic move. Um, the fact that Jeff Saturday was in. ESPN, quit cracking your knuckles. Uh, Ambient sound was a an analyst for ESPN. Uh, also, he's he was on the NFL Network quite a bit too. That he was a paid consultant for what, the Colts, which means what? A conflict of interest. <laughs> okay, that's not where I thought we were going no, with this, but but I'm just saying that's that it that 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 was like a flag to me like oh. okay what are you doing but that being said he has no coaching experience do you know high school oh uh, yeah <laughs> no professional or college experience as a coach um there's only one other coach that that um in nfl history has done that yeah i heard this note but i don't remember the name yeah the i think it was <clears throat> The Dutchman? I mean, I would think... That was his nickname? The Flying Dutchman? Um, I think that everybody out there probably knows what we're talking about, just in case they don't. Oh, the yeah. Colts fired Frank Reich, which was the first surprise, because I think... I'm of the opinion, and I think the majority of NFL observers are of the opinion. He's, he was a pretty good He was a pretty good coach, uh, overall. He yes. was a pretty good coach. I never well, heard anything about internal strife there. The problem that they the problem that they had there was they kept changing quarterbacks, yeah. and that's the question of who made the decision on. Well, Frank you know, Reich would admit that it was him who pushed for Carson Wentz. Well, yeah, because he had success right. with him, and in then after, he had, he apologized to Jim Mercy after that was all over before pushing for Carson Wentz because it didn't work out. Norm Van Brocklin. Norm Van Brocklin. 19- now, he's – oh, he played in the league. He played in the league. So, well, so did Jeff Satter. No, no, I'm just saying I, that's yeah. how I know the name. Yes. he Because that's a pretty prominent he's name. In, he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. We're talking about a Hall of Famer yeah. here. So, that doesn't mean he was a good coach. I'm just saying I yeah, recognize he, the name. he coached for the Vikings and the Falcons. So they fire – two weeks ago they fire – well, okay. I don't know. Let's get these in order. Yeah. I don't know how many weeks ago, but let's say like three weeks ago they bench Matt Ryan yep. and start starting – Former six-rounder Sam Ellinger, who nobody thinks is a particularly good candidate nope. for a long-term quarterback. Correct. But maybe his mobility would help them out a little bit. Okay. That well, hasn't worked out. We'll go with his that. His first start's terrible. They fire Marcus Brady, the offensive coordinator. Mm. Things don't get any better the next game. They fire um, Frank Reich, Yeah. Uh, who, as I said, I think is a good coach. 
and and then they stun everybody by hiring Jeff Saturday, who and then I feel for the PR guy who had to write in the release. It was like he's a Colts consultant, a member of the team's Ring of Honor, and a former center. Yeah, and a former uh, he, he and he coached in high school for a few seasons at whatever well, Hebron something in Georgia. Yeah, it would be short and sweet. I mean, just that you had to write that as those were the top things you could think of to say, this is why we hired this guy. So here's the interesting part. The Rooney rule does not apply to to this. Interim coaches. Okay, so what do you do if he wins out? Well, I think you have to go through the a hiring process because okay. he's interim head coach right now. All right. So, I think you still at the end would have to go through the hiring process. All right. That's kind of a. It was. Did you see any of the press conference at all? No. It was interesting uh, being said that it's good that he doesn't have any coaching experience because he doesn't have the, the 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 fearness that coaches have. I heard that quote. That that. So they that, lean on analytics. Yeah, you lean on analytics. He doesn't have the fear that. Yeah, like uh, I. Coaches, he's kind of like me. He looks at the numbers and goes, "I don't care." <laughs> I mean, to equate those two things. That he's, he's saying that coaches with NFL experience get those jobs and then they're scared, and so they rely on analytics. Yeah. What? I mean, unless he's replying to like applying that to like Brandon Staley, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't. I don't know. Anyway, but yes, it 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 is that is the. Um, well, they don't have anybody that's called plays there. Yeah, they just decided to. I think his name is Parks Frazier. He's the assistant quarterbacks coach. But why wouldn't you have Matt Ryan become your that. offensive quarterback? I don't know about that. He knows. Just because he knows the playbook doesn't mean he'll be good at picking the right plays at the right time. All right. Gonna, I mean, he might be. He, well, how he would you know? Be. But at least go with the stats that, you know, you got a better shot at it. How's the quarterback coach going to be any better? He might be. Who knows? All I don't right. know if he's a good play caller or okay. not. I don't know if Matt Ryan's a good play well, how, caller. Yeah, well, you don't know until you do it. Yeah, but I don't think that just because Matt Ryan knows the playbook very well means he would necessarily be good at calling plays. Okay. Hmm. But that is kind of an unusual uh, – that's, that's the fun part about the NFL. Just when you think it's settling in, something new happens. And the, and the upheaval continues in Carolina as well. Uh, yeah, they fired another coach, which – I think they fired two more of them. Yeah. The way I read it, Sort of clearing out the Matt Rule loyalists. Well, yeah, and sometimes when that happens, their guys are a little disgruntled, or yeah. they're you know for whatever reason they say, you know what, we're gonna cut, we're gonna cut, we're gonna let you go anyways at the end of the year. Yeah, I'm so not sure it's that big of a deal, that. right? They, yeah. they have contracts, so they'll still get paid for. The yeah, year, they right? get paid. They get and paid out. They probably figured it was over at the end of the year anyway. Yeah, and it's just it maybe if someone's kind of mopey or they just feel whatever reason, you know. It's just wow. I, I, I'm. I'm Clapping and happy for any amount of upheaval for one of our division rivals. Yeah, no, well, not. it seems to. The Saints are saying they're sticking with Andy Dalton despite yeah, a pretty I, bad performance. That was not good. That was but not Jameis good. sitting right there. I mean, that's a what really is big that? indictment what? on yeah, Jameis. I was just going to say, that is. Because they don't want him to make the big mistakes, right? Right. But but didn't, didn't Andy Dalton make a couple big mistakes? Well, not only that, I mean, they signed him what for a couple. Of, they didn't just sign him for one year, so I, I don't, I don't know. But that's yeah, a new head coach there too. So again, you don't know what the, you know, how it plays out. But the fact is that uh, it, it worked in our favor. They didn't win. We want to just keep winning. So there's that. We right? um, we we signed uh, outside linebacker Charles Snowden to the mm -hmm. practice squad today. We did and cut JoJo Ozugwu, uh -huh. who had just signed last week. Yep. 
I just like the name Charles Snowden. Did, have you, did you ever read Catch-22, which is my favorite book? I have, but I don't remember the name. But you Snowden was the guy who was dying in the airplane the whole, oh, the whole book. Oh, okay. They kept coming back to that scene of yeah. him dying in the airplane. Um, well, that, he's an edge rusher? Yeah, I mean, he's on the practice squad. Yeah, he, oh, he's just okay. a, he was a former undrafted. He's played two games for the Bears or okay. something. It's it's just, I guess they think he's better than Jojo Ozogu. Mm-hmm. Had a trial with him a couple days ago and said, okay, let's, there you let's go. sign this guy. There it is. Well, I got other things on my list, but we've been uh, going for a while and we got to get to questions. Yeah, so would you like to move on? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Let's let me, go. Let let's roll into that. Let me fire up the old laptop here. Oh, yeah. Well, you, where, been, the, where the um, uh, emails you did, live. You don't even know your own. Uh, your, that's your third time you're putting in your uh, password. I know. I messed it up every time. <laughs> I, just, I know I, what it is. I, my I, fingers don't know. I'm looking over there and I'm thinking, is he hacking into somebody's laptop? <laughs> My fingers, uh, my, my it wasn't getting from my what, brain to my fingers. Well, that's called you got fat fingers. It happens hey. all the time. Well, it happens when you're, you know, when I you're, don't really. Well, I've got small hands. I do that. too. But I'm I was just saying when I when I'm when I'm texting and it doesn't go right, I just say, "Oh, sorry, fat my fat sausage fingers. fingers." Yeah. That was okay. one. Of, that was one of the things that I'm happy that Alex got from Giselle, not me. What's that? He, she and he have long fingers. Oh, okay. Which I think helped him in his baseball career. Oh, see, he was a pitcher. I do remember that. All right, Michael Spala from Connecticut. Okay, I remember. Michael. This is a long one, oh, well. but I'll get through it. I'm only doing four, so we can Oh, do I, we got time. I mean, hey, guys. Good God, that was ugly yesterday. See, <laughs> I told you this was coming. I'm sorry for the length of this email, but here we go. Oh. I'm glad the boys got the win because that's all that matters. I know the line isn't what it was last year, but I think they're holding their own. What I don't understand is why Lenny looks so hesitant before he hits the hole. Mm. When he has a full head of steam, he's obviously tough to bring down, but he looks like he's dancing behind line trying to pick his gap. Is this the play design, or are the holes just not there? When Rashad is in, he seems he seems to be exploding through the line and has had some really nice runs. Lenny has earned the right to be in with his performance over the last two years, but he just seems off outside of the first game against the Cowboys. Thoughts? Okay. Yeah. yeah there's more, but let's stop and do that one. All right. All right, first of all, a lot of the, pl- the running plays that the, the Buccaneers run are out of what's called duo. And that's you're trying to get double teams on multiple defenders, and then you let the, uh, the back pick the hole. It's, it's not like, like it's, it's not the same as the thing as like stretch, outside stretch runs where you run laterally and the blockers are moving laterally, and, and then you, you cut follow. up when you find right. the hole, right? Or you cut back behind, a, behind the motion in that direction. Duo is mostly downhill. And you may, if you got you got a tight end there, you got six blockers there that can double team up to three guys, and then you're hoping that creates a lane somewhere. Right. And then the, the running back finds it and hits it. And so if there if you see Lenny dancing, it's because he's probably wait- it's probably duo. Yeah, because he's not he he's not seeing a lane. He's so waiting it, for a lane and yeah, it doesn't it, happen. It, correct. And so they just, weren't and they weren't opening lanes last yeah. week. So just running right up into the back of somebody isn't isn't going to do any good. So you wait for a second, but then it doesn't happen. And then you get stopped, and then right. it looks bad, right? Yep. You know, remember a few years back when Le'Veon Bell was at the peak of his powers, every single announcer was losing their mind about how he was so patient and that right. he would come to line, he'd, dance. he'd pause, he'd, yeah. dance, he'd, move, he'd move, and then he'd hit the hole. That's because they were creating those holes for me. He knew one would be there. Right. And he's just waiting to see it. I'm not saying we we run duo on every play, but we do do that a lot. No, but there, but but in fairness, there the, the holes weren't happening in that game. 
I don't think you you can look at the numbers too. I mean, I I also want to say, and I have seen some nice explosive Rashad White runs, mm-hmm. but there's no there's no nothing in the numbers that you look at this and go, well, we should definitely be giving Rashad more than Leonard. Well, I think Rashad's I, averaging three point one yards per carry. Leonard three point three. Right. Leonard's, I, Leonard's long is seventeen. Rashad's is eleven. There's there's nothing there that says. We're running the wrong guy. No, but I like I like when they mix it up because they're different style runners. Yeah. So I, I I do like when they when they do that. I think I've been guilty of this a little bit too because I do remember those nice slashing plays that Rashad has made, and think maybe maybe we should be giving him more work. And I'm not remembering the runs that didn't work right because the numbers tell me they it isn't working any better than when Leonard's in there. Okay. So can we get someone in to burn some sage and Ray J near the receivers' lockers? <laughs> I feel like they have all have the yips and yeah. are in their own heads. We all know it's not talent, but even Mike dro- Mike is dropping balls, so someone has the voodoo doll out. Maybe uh, soak all their gloves in maple syrup too. Yeah, well, I think that um, that has been lifted because what Tom said about it's okay if you drop a ball, you're getting open. I make bad passes, you drop balls, let's just keep going. Drops happen. And I think I think that I also getting a win makes people not as tight because it is almost every play was like, you got to make this play. you got to make this play. Yeah, right. You know, so. And I don't think that we have receivers who are prone no. to dropping the ball. They just, it's just happened. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything anything to this yips. No. no I don't think anybody's Mike's not dropping the ball because he's thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'm very pleased with our receivers, so. Also, one prediction. I love how Cade has come on over the last few weeks. Okay. And I think he has the potential to be dominant in the future. But if the Bucks win in Germany, I think Jason might open the checkbook and have Gronk waiting to greet them on the tarmac to make that run for the playoffs. Yeah. We, we've already talked about that. Yeah. We need to keep that fire burning. Okay, thanks for reading. Have a safe trip, Mike, in Connecticut. Thanks, yeah. Mike. All right. All right, this is Brian Uris, and the subject line is Munich events. Ooh. Heard from your previous show that some Buck fans fan events are scheduled in Germany. I have not seen any published yet. Have we not made that? Um, there is. And, um, gosh, it is down in the plaza. Um, oh, gosh, what's the name of the plaza? I have to think. I, 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 there's a plaza down in downtown Munich. It's where the clock is. It's where the... Um, I can't think of the beer garden that's there. But, know. yes, there's stuff going on Friday afternoon and Saturday But afternoon. I think the question here is... Where? What, I think the question is, have we put anything out about this? I, like, I'm looking on the website. No, but I'm trying anything. to I'm trying to locate um, information on that. That's um, not going to help us a whole lot at the moment. No, it's not. It's it's not. Um, but yes, there's a famous. Um, oh God, Jeff, I can't think of it. Okay, oh, well, God. I don't think it'll be hard to figure out if you happen to be in Munich. No, if follow social media. Follow the Buccaneers on social media because that's a good idea. Uh, be, oh, well, because uh, Joey's going, uh, and he'll be okay. um, putting stuff out where we are, where we, where that's the Buccaneers idea. are. That's the best way because then you know exactly okay. where it's at. All right, and I apologize because I I do re- I can't. It's the Hospital House. It's it's a famous beer. I can't think of. I'm sorry. Continue, Scott. He also says, either way, the offer is still open to hang out with our group from Bradenton and my German relatives who live in Munich. Text me if you guys need any local recommendations or help with anything while in Germany. And he gave me a phone. Well, number. his friends, his his family will know where it's at because it's the plaza downtown okay. Munich. If you like beer, the 
It's spelled H-E-L-L-E-S. That's the place. No, this is the type of beer. Yes, but that's the pub. That's it's called Hellas. Is it Hellas or? H-E-L-L-E-S. Okay. He's not referring to a pub. Okay. If you like beer, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but sure. that's why I spelled it. Haas. The Hellas, or Hollis is my recommendation. Very, very smooth light beer that is like an angel tickling your taste buds on the way down. Wow. Various breweries all have their own version of a Hellas, so I'm yeah. going to try that for sure. Sure. Right? You can't drink the the heavy beers all night. You got to have no, some. No, no. And what I love it over there is every beer's got its own stein or its yeah, own I heard glass. That. I heard that. That's yeah, cool. it's very special. Got to buy a stein. But yeah, you know. they you know what? It's funny you're saying that. Everyone's been talking about that that they want to they want to bring one back. Um but social media, you know, Instagram, um the um Twitter account. There's a lot they'll have a lot of information okay. on there. All right. Thank you, Brian, for the uh, invite again. Yeah, and we have to see. I don't know what I'm doing yet. We have to see all this. But if, if we end up in the same area as you, I'll text you yeah. and, and we'll, we'll say hi. That's the hard part because we do have a um, practice on Friday and we'll probably be tired. I don't think I'm going anywhere Friday night. But Saturday. Uh, We're hoping to find some time. Yeah, because we have a walkthrough. But hopefully f- mid-afternoon Saturday is the goal. Good. All right. This is from Samuel Nienow, who lives in Nashville. I've never asked if I'm pronouncing that one right. Yeah. Well, apparently uh, you're not because they're not telling you you're wrong. Yeah. Hey, dogs. That was a very nice win. It was a little ugly. Okay. <laughs> Told you, Jeff. But Jeez. it was a win. And not only that, but a win against the Rams. Doesn't hurt that we gained a game on everyone else in the division also. We didn't talk about that. Right. Oh, by the way, let me stop here for a moment. You wanted to des- describe the crazy play at the end of the Falcons game, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Where? Which it reminds me of a Buccaneer play. In 1979. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, I want to hear this. Well, in 1979, it was against the Kansas City Chiefs in a rainstorm. In the 3-0 game? Yes. That clinched the title? Yes. And and Jerry Eckwood was running down the sideline with the ball in his hand and nobody around him, and he (laughs) dropped it. (laughs) At least he had an excuse. But that it was raining? It was pouring all of the game. Yeah, but no, no. He had the ball, okay? (laughs) It was was tucked, and he's running, okay? But it was slippery. And it did gone and that's what happened in the falcons game it was a fumble fumble recovery fumble fumble recovery so austin eckler who's a great player (laughs) they're really just trying to set up a field goal to win it fumbles the ball i on the replay i'm not sure i thought he was down but whatever Mm -hmm. i think half the people on the field thought the play was over because it takes a beat before the falcons player picks it up and for them unfortunately it turned out to be the wrong player to pick it up Uh. he starts running down the field and he's not even touched. He no. just drops the Big ball. Big guy on the drops ground. ball. <laughs> so the Chargers get extremely lucky to get the ball back, and because it was, because it was uh, two changes of possessions. Technically, it was first down. Uh. So they had been knocked out of field goal range, <laughs> but it was first down. They didn't have too far to go. A couple passes. And they talk were talk about frustration. <laughs> you just drop the ball. Yeah, you know, just. I mean, how do you even? You know, that is just in your head the whole time. How? Why? What? Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no explanation for it other than it's funny as long as you're not the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so hopefully we keep moving forward against the Seahawks. As, yeah, uh, I'm with you. This is a pretty funny question. All right. So I was looking at all the trades last week, and it made me curious. Imagine we lived in an alternate reality where not only players, but staff members could also be <laughs> traded. In this reality, Jason Light calls both of you into his office and tells you that while you both have been superb at your job and great assets to the team, He's getting calls left and right from teams offering multiple first-round picks for each of you. 
However, because you have both been so good and given a lot to the organization, Jason wants to treat you right and trade you somewhere you actually would want to go. Jason then asks you to give him a list of your top three teams that you would want to be traded to for him to consider his options. What three teams would be on your short list? Thanks for the great podcast, as always, and enjoy Germany. Right. That's pretty funny. That's very funny. That's very good. Completely unbelievable. I know. <laughs> it's... If this were the reality, I probably would have had to negotiate a no-trade clause. Yeah. Because my wife would not be happy with us moving anywhere out of Tampa. She never wants to leave. Okay. So, I so <coughs> excuse me. Do you, do you know where you would go? Well, if the Chargers hadn't moved, San Diego would be high on my list. Yeah, that's true. I've always liked the Chargers. Yeah. I would have the you best. You love their uniforms. So I'd have the best gear in the league. Yeah, you would. I still might I still might put the Chargers on my list. They're usually a pretty fun team. They've got a great young quarterback. I probably am towards the end of my working career. Sure. I mean, I don't know yeah. how much longer I've got. But, right. So I would like a team that, ha- that has a chance to be good for the next seven to ten years. I'm with you. Um, so maybe the Chargers. I think Denver, just because I think I would like to live in Denver. It's very nice Anything there. but good stuff there. Yeah. And... See, I'm I'm ruling out. Even though the Packers have all that history, I don't want to live in Green Bay. No, I don't want to live in Buffalo. I don't want to live in or around New York City. I don't want to live in Philly. Right. I don't want to live in Boston. Right. Um. Miami. No, I don't want to live in Miami. I'm already living in Tampa. I don't want to live. In Miami. I couldn't work for the Cowboys because I've always despised it. <laughs> I've the one time I went to Houston before I worked here, I didn't like it. It was way too hot. Mm-hmm. Uh. Seattle? Oh, Seattle. Seattle would be that's Baltimore. Good Just one. because I think it's a well-run organization. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to narrow my list down. All right, narrow it down. Denver? Then one? Because I think that's generally a pretty well-run organization, and I think Denver would be a nice place to live. Okay. Um, these aren't necessarily in order. These are my three. Okay. Baltimore, because I just think that's one of the best-run organizations in the league, and so I think your work environment would be good. Uh-huh. And they usually find ways to win. I don't know if I want to – I'm going to have to – I'm not dying to live in L.A. Right. But California as a whole would be pretty cool. And um, I think I – just the gear that I would get from the Chargers. I would – I would. that would probably be those, over the Those top. are yours. Okay. Yeah. How about you? Uh, my three would be right off the bat 49ers, Rams, Chargers. So you want to go to California. So there's three. <laughs> and the fourth one, if, if I couldn't go to all three, the fourth one would be Seattle. the Raiders. <laughs> okay. That so would, I'd be in Vegas. Yeah, I don't think I want to live in Vegas. Yeah. Seattle would be near. Would be, a, I think, a nice place to live. Yeah, yeah if, I mean, I mean, if 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 it goes all the way down to that, yeah, I, I could do Seattle. I, I I do enjoy the the Pacific Northwest. Yes. I I my dream would be that the Chargers move back to San Diego. Oh, I think that in a heartbeat, probably the most beautiful ha- city I've ever been in. I, I don't mean from architecture, just the the atmosphere. It remind the thing about San Diego reminds me a lot about Tampa. And that is the downtown area, but the best part about San Diego is the weather. Yeah, it's just—it's always good. It's always good. <laughs> Where here you have—I mean, you get the God, good and the bad. I mean, on game day, I bought a—I got a—I uh, bought a uh, military because it was a military appreciation game. So I bought a um, a pullover, a zip uh, pullover, long sleeve. <sighs> And, and it was 88 degrees. It was 88 degrees. And I was like, 
I'm wearing it. I don't care. <laughs> and I and I did. And I just pushed the sleeves up a little yeah. bit. But, um, you know, it's 88 degrees. It's November. I, it, it used to be in Florida, the middle of October, you would have this great fall weather. Yeah. And it would be beautiful weather all the way. A little chilly in January, February, you know. Mm-hmm. And then March, the great spring weather. March, April, May, then June would be summer. And you'd sweatshirt you know what's off and then come october it'd be great again yeah now it's just hot all the time yeah so yep so if i was going to get traded those those would be be, you want to go west yeah i go west i I think denver just uh, would denver's great great listen it the beauty about denver is just as pretty in the winter time as it is in the summertime and if you're an outdoors person there's you're going to do all of that yep this one's this is from i don't think we've had a question from him in a couple weeks but Alexander in um, oh yeah right Brazil, I guess the last time I read one of his questions, I thought that he accidentally misspelled his own name, and he did because it ended in re, and previously he had been sending er, uh-huh. but he was just doing that here. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Ahoy, salty dogs! Hope this finds you both well. It does. This is a bit long, but it's a really pretty pretty fun story. So let's do the whole thing. Okay, go ahead, Mr. Smith. First of all, I must clarify that my name is really Alexander, ending in re. I usually, when talking to non-Brazilians. Say that my name is Alexander, E-R, because that's a name more known, especially with U.S. citizens, since Alexander is the Portuguese version of Alexander, E-R. So sorry for making you believe I had a different name. (laughs) I'm not insulted by that. You've been fooling us this whole time. I know, he's got us. I quit writing Alexander ER this season so that it's very impressive of you to take note. Well, thank you. I'm teaching it detail. Yes, you are. You're very detailed. I felt compelled to share the following story because of your second to last Oops, not last. Most recent, I might say, episode. Oh. I took a two-week vacation with my family to make a dream come true. My wife, Barbara, and I always had a will to experience the Halloween in the U.S., which is interesting, especially now with our eight-year-old son, Luca. L-U-C-C-A. I think that's probably Luca, right? Yeah, I would think so. That's a good name. I like that name. And after the pandemic hit hit us back in 2020, we realized we we have to take every possibility we have with urgency. That's very You dogs may not know, but Halloween is not a thing here in Brazil. I didn't know that, although I don't find it surprising. No. However, we always had films and TV series to get an idea, like Hocus Pocus, (laughs) and to make us eager to get some candy from total strangers in the U.S. street someday. And we thought, you know, you know, when he says it that way, it does sound kind of weird. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like you're told, don't. I mean, you're you're taught as a child (laughs) take. You're taught as a child, don't take candy Candy from from a stranger. stranger. And then you spend all night doing it. You have a day that you're going to go do this. (laughs) (laughs) We did some trick or treating at Celebration, Florida. Oh yeah, that's right down the road. And of course, we know this area very well. I can totally picture that whole town because we spent seven. Years, years of training camp yeah in the in the hotel there yeah we know the pub what's the name of that if, pub uh town town tavern, tavern. the boston themed the um the thing i have though is if this was your first american city or experience in an american city that's not real <laughs> no 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 he probably <laughs> knows that that city, that's a cool place. Basically, it's a Disneyfied town. It is, but it's very cool. <laughs> it's probably why the, he doesn't it's, say in the letter, but yeah, maybe they went there so they could also hit the, the amusement park. Absolutely, and it's a great area, and it's a great concept, and it should be like that. It feels everywhere. like they tried to make it like the way we picture the 1940s. Yeah, but it's very nice and clean, and yeah, it's it's a fun place to visit. Yeah, we liked it. Yes. 
Okay, and it felt like what Mr. Ryan described. We arrived at 3.30 p.m. and were near an elementary school. I can picture that school in my head. Uh So we could see lots of parents waiting for their kids, (laughs) and they all went trick-or-treating after school. (laughs) So basically, they were just stalking other families. (laughs) Um, That's great. It was a surreal experience for us because I could never imagine myself being able to do it. And there I was with my family experiencing it all. We left around 11 p.m. It's funny to think that there's probably um, traditions in every country, country that if we experience them, we're like, wow, that yeah. is, I never even thought of that. Taking candy from strangers. total strangers for an entire evening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I must say my favorite candy is Skittles. That's a good choice. That's interesting. And Luca loved the Cookies M&Ms. I guess there's a brand oh, of it. Oh, yeah. You've had them? Yes, they're very good. What are they got cookie stuff inside of them? It's an M&M, it's cookie with an M M&M and M inside. Oh, cookie M and M's. Yeah, they're they're good. Well, who gives out cookie M and M's? Well, I think there's M M&M cookies. I think there's a M and M's are just not M and M's anymore. They do a lot of different things. <clears throat> okay, so it is an M and M. We're not talking about M M&M and M cookies. We're talking about M and M's with cookie stuff in them. I'm going to find out, but I think there is a cookie M and M. Since you did, thanks for reading, Alexander Nascimento from Sao Paulo, Brazil. That is so cool. That's my last question, but if you want me to give you time. Um, just real quick. Varieties of M. Yeah, M- of M&M's. M- yeah, they they have, oh, they have a scary Halloween candy M&M. Oh, yes, there's a, well, there's M&M cream cookie sandwich. Oh, wow. There's a double chocolate chip cookies M&M's. So, yes, that's probably what that's it probably is. That's probably what it is, right? Yeah, wow. I, you know, it's funny that, um... There's peanut butter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they, there's peanut. There's everything. There's, there's mint. everything. I've had ones with pretzels in them. It is, you know, you forget that, you know, we live right down the road from all the big amusement parks that people love to go Fudge to. Fudge brownie. Yeah. Caramel. When was the last time you actually went to, to a Disney or SeaWorld? The last time. Oh, Universal. I'm not including SeaWorld because I think those are different. Yeah. Okay. But you're talking about an amusement park like a yeah. Disney World? Yeah. yeah. The last time I went to one of those was the last time I was dumb enough to let that happen. There's crispy M and M's, almond M and M's. I do not like Disneyland. Uh, you know, um, well, Disney World and Disneyland, crunch cookie M and M's. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, like I said, I've never seen that one. They're in a light blue you know, bag. You know, you're talking about. Um, you know, traditions of things of that nature. We're going to Germany, of course. and We are? And they are big into Christmas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of, it's You think they'll all be already Oh, be I, I would think up? so. I would think so. It'll be interesting to see what that's all about. Maybe, maybe not, but I would think it's that close. They know how to celebrate. Have so. you packed yet? No. Why you know, somebody I, asked me that at lunch. I'm like, I, are you done packing? I'm like, why would I be done packing? Why? You pack the night before you go. Probably Thursday morning. No, I don't wait till the morning, just in case there's some issue. Yeah. Oh, my no. God, I forgot to watch this stuff or something. No, I... I, I packed the night before. Yeah. I just kind of, like, throw stuff in there, and then 99% of it you don't wear, so it doesn't, you know... And you can take a bigger bag this trip because yeah, we can check bags. Correct. The The rule for most of our flights these days is you don't get to check bags, right. so you need to make sure they can fit in the overhead bin. Yeah, it's all, it's all about, you know planning properly but you have to bring a coat because you know at night it's going to be in th- upper third i don't really even have a thick coat but i don't care i'll i'll have a sweatshirt and i'll wear a thin jacket over it i um i i was fortunate enough i i bought a a winter coat a few years back and um it's a puffer and it's great because you it's can, a puffer you can 
you can scrunch it up and put it in a little oh, bag. Oh, very yeah. nice. But and it's very very warm. So, you know that yeah. that and you know all my all my fleeces are buck gear. So yeah, you know, I don't I'm trying to decide. Do I want to wear that out? I can I can break out a, an old a bucks like a big puffy bucks jacket. Yeah. But a it's probably old logo. Oh, that'd be cool. It, I don't know. And be b styling. I don't want to wear a big red jacket around all yeah. over the place. No, no. I, I'm talking about, you know, if you wear a fleece or something like that with the buck logo. Might be if I cool. have a warm shirt underneath and, and a, a light enough a light jacket, I'll be fine. It's not very warm in the beer garden, so you know it's not. Be, the beer be, will keep me warm. You, yeah, she'll be fine. Bree it, it, it picked up for me at Target because she was getting some for herself. I guess gloves were like the tip. You can detach the tip <laughs> because. We're as you've pointed out in, in Europe, yeah, uh-huh. the and as we found in the stadiums, we've been over there. The the riders sit outside. Uh-huh. It's not an enclosed press box. No, it's not. And so you're sitting outside in a section of the stands that's cordoned off. And so we're going to be out there in the cold. And you're going to be working. And I have to be able to type. And it's really I can't type in gloves. The good the thing is is uh, it'll be about 55 degrees when kickoff happens. Yeah. But the problem is it gets dark there at like 4:30. Yeah, so even if you okay. okay. I, you're listening to this and you're going, wow, 50 degrees, 55. It's not that Boy, bad. that's not bad. You have to you have to remember, though, that's a 30-degree swing for us. You know what I'm saying? Because usually it's like 85 and now it's 55. If It's going to feel colder to you. It's going to feel good. Yeah, I think so. That's, I'm excited. I'm, I like colder weather. So. Well, I, I think we all like colder weather, weather more than we maybe used to because yeah. we don't get any of it now. And now it's refreshing <laughs> yeah. when you step off that plane and that cold air hits you. Yeah. I didn't particularly like winters when I was growing up. No. But, you know, no snow, so you don't have to worry about that. I think I need to pick up some of these crunch cookie M&Ms. They look really good. Yeah, yeah. and take them on the trip with you. <laughs> Try them out. I'm always worried about taking anything in my bag that's food or drink or anything <laughs> because I don't know what the international rules are. Can you? You're not smuggling Usually it's. <laughs> Can you take usually, liquor in your bag? Usually, you uh, depends on what size. Yeah. Um, the it's not really relevant because I plan to drink the German beer when we yeah. get there. Um, it's usually uh, vegetables. Okay. Fruits and vegetables. things that could have things that grow and have a bug on them. Yeah. And, and or some kind of disease. Correct. Those are the things that okay. that usually they're so they're I won't get in about. trouble for a pack of M and M's. No, <laughs> <laughs> great. You'll be yelling at me. You lied as to they're me. dragging me backwards. <laughs> I just know not to take a vape pen into Russia. Yeah, good idea. Just a concept. Not huh? that I plan to go to Russia. But. No, no. Well, when that's you know that's you know what's funny is listening to a lot of people in this building have not been out of the country before, so it's. Interesting to hear how they're. I haven't done it a ton. You've done yeah, a lot more. Yeah, than to deal with it, you know, to understand it. But you, you know, you understand what. The, I've, I've the been process. to Mex- I've been to Mexico, Canada, England, France, yeah. Japan. Yeah, I think that's probably it. That's pretty good. It's not that good. <clears throat> I've been to Mexico, Canada, Japan. Oh, I guess Australia. Oh, um, I want to go the, there. Um, the Netherlands. Nice. Um, Belgium, or uh, yeah, Belgium, France, Scotland, Ireland, England, Italy, Spain, dang, Greece, Austria, Germany. I don't even know how much of that. What am I up to? It sounded like about twenty. Yeah. Did you were some of those like 
on the same trip? Like you no. hit? Well, yeah, but usually though, I like to go to a country and explore it. Like when I was in Germany, last time I was in Germany, uh, I went to Austria, which is just like right yeah. down from Munich. Right. But normally, um, I like to immerse into a, a city. Like I spent a week in Paris, but the first time I went to Paris, went to London, spent a week, and then did day trips. Went to when I went to Scotland, spent a few uh, time there. Ireland, spent the whole time in Ireland. I don't even think you said I'm, Ireland last. I'm not. I'm not big into you know. You go on a tour, and then you. You know, you're constantly moving and unpacking and moving. I like to get there and just, you know, kind of see the city, enjoy it. Because you can always go back. Find a it's, base yeah, well, and it's, then spread out from there. See, it's like, it's you got to remember, it's like trying to see America all in one yeah. trip. You're just not, it's just not going to happen. Uh, or, or, okay, so. Be able to, to, to see things other than just the highlights. This this might be our longest podcast ever. It's one thirty, one hour and 30 minutes. Okay. Um. I wanted to just one last question. You just sure. named all those places you've been. Uh-huh. You're only allowed to take one more overseas trip, international trip. Which one are you going back to? Oh. You, have, you have to go back to one of those spots. Oh, I forgot to say I, I've been in, um, in the Czech Republic. I forgot I went there. I went wow. to Prague. I forgot about that. Okay, so it's been. Uh, if I got to go back to one place. Of the ones you've mentioned. Just yeah. only one place. You only can do one more. Ever? Yeah, there's a new rule. Probably back to Paris. Paris would be it. Yeah. I really enjoyed Paris. I, I just, I don't know. There's just something about that city. What did you think of the food in Paris? I thought it was good. Really? Yeah. Well, we were only there for that one quick day, so we only had one meal. Yeah. And it was underwhelming. But I've heard other people say that the food isn't that impressive. Yeah. But I bet, I bet if you go to the expensive places. Well, it's like... It's like anything else, you know, I mean, depends on who prepares it, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, you think you're going to Italy and no matter what restaurant you go in, you're going to have the best spaghetti there is. No, it's kind of like here in the States, you go to some restaurants are better than others. Yeah, but like, uh, would you agree with me that London food isn't, you're not going to London for the food. Fish and chips? I mean, well, it's changed. This is a bit reductive, but there's something to the idea that. Most places you go have the same things. Yeah. Fish and chips, sure. bangers and mash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, shepherd's pie. Not a, not a huge variety. Right. And curry. That, yeah. Yes. I, I very feel like that's that. the rule. I feel like that's the general idea of London. And what I'm saying is my personal experience in France and a couple other people have been there. I mean, Paris is, is somewhat similar. Not the same foods, but mm-hmm. every place they tried to go had the same stuff. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's probably not the case, and I just don't know where to go in Paris. But in any case, it doesn't matter. It was see that's just that's. But you think of Paris as being very cultured in a lot of ways, including food. I thought that's what I what I what I enjoy, and being in England, the UK, it what I enjoy because I love history. Just the fact that you look at something and you go, "Wow, that's been there for five hundred years." Yeah, or whatever, right? And you're like, "Wow!" And and here in in the states. You know, it's 30 years old. Well, we got to tear it down and build something new. <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I find that very fascinating that, you know, you see all of that. Yeah, so. we're, we're joking a lot about going to the beer houses when we go over there. But I also want to just sightsee. Yeah. Know, see, what, just what does the architecture look like? And It's, well, you know, honestly, uh, it, it's a little different in Munich because Munich was bombed out oh, during World okay. War II. All right. So a lot of the structures are more 1960 styles. Hmm. Um, but if you go out into the, you know, a little bit 
like like the, the main plaza down there has got this really cool clock. Yeah, you that, said that. That's very cool. So yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's, that's all I good. got. I mean, all right. What else? Anything? No, no, I'm good. We're going for uh, we're going for two in a row. Something that we haven't done since week one and two. Yes. So. And we're going for 500. That would be nice. And we're trying to keep control of first place. And we're trying to have Tom Brady win in four countries. He's won in Mexico. Right. He's won in the United States. Yeah, yeah. And uh, England. And England. And so Germany right. would be. He's his three and four. zero overseas. Yeah. And we're zero and three. Yeah. yeah, it gets including one loss to him. Correct. <laughs> so but, now we got him. Well, so this is why we got. So Tom you're Brady. telling me he's going to beat us again? <laughs> <laughs> something's got to give, exactly. man. Where something's going somewhere. <laughs> All right. All right. Since you did, thanks. Wait, 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 what, wait. What? What? I missed a question. What? What happened? There was another question. Oh, there it is. There. Can I, can oh, okay. I, can, will you indulge me? I oh, almost missed a question. Absolutely. And this one is driving me crazy because I didn't get it till today, and. And I tried to find somebody who would give me the best answer, and I don't have it yet. Oh. I'm going to continue to find the answer, though, and I'll have it next time. Oh, you're not going to give me the question? I am. Oh. Gentlemen, it is with great pleasure that I inform you my wife and me will be at the game on Sunday. Nice. I will watch my first ever live NFL game, and I will see the Buccaneers quarterbacked by Tom Brady in Germany. What a time to be alive. Wow. Where's he from? Germany. Oh, okay. His name is Dylan. Dylan, Dylan. Okay. Dylan. I, he only puts Dylan. I can see his name from his uh, email address, but I won't read the whole thing. Okay. But my question is about the final play of the previous game. In the Rams' desperation play, Cooper Cup throws a lateral, which hits the ground. Then Allen Robinson picks it up and runs up the field. So I understand that because Cup's throw was not a forward pass, and that's why a live ball, the play continues. But wasn't it technically a fumble that can only be advanced by the fumbling player himself under two minutes? Can you... Clean this one up for me. I'm, I'm, I'm concentrating. Okay. I'm thinking about that play. This whole rule stems from a, a, a Raiders game in the 1970s where I think it was Ken Stabler. Okay. Kenny uh, the Snake, Stabler. At the end of the, the game, fumbled the ball, and it, like, rolled 15 oh, yards forward. I think he, it's called the Holy Roller. He he purposely. He, he, he admitted purposely later. purposely just kind of threw the ball. He was being tackled, so he purposely fumbled forward. Yep. And one of his teammates eventually recovered it in the end zone for the win. I think that place called the Holy Roller. Yeah, you can no, lo- you can't forward a fumble. Yeah. Well, you can't advance you a fumble, fumble that's been. So, but it is true. Here's a rule right from this the rule updated rule book. All right. If a if a fumble by either team occurs after the two minute warning, one the ball may be advanced by an opponent. Two, the player who fumbled is the only player of his team who is permitted to recover and advance the ball. Three, if the recovery or catch is by a teammate of the player who fumbled, the ball is dead, and the spot of the next snap is the spot of the fumble or the spot of the recovery if the spot of the recovery is behind the spot of the fumble. That's Okay, so when I, I, I got this question today, like at noon, right. and so I went to look for – I like to bounce these kind of things off Michael Pihannik. Yeah, okay. he's great about that. And his – because Dylan here is correct – when Cooper Cup, so Cooper Cup catches it first, and then he's trying to lateral it back to actually, he said Allen Robinson, but the player play says Brandon Powell. He's trying to lateral it back to him, and the ball does indeed hit the ground, and then Powell manages to get it. And it says right in the play by play Cooper Cup to LA 27 for seven yards, fumbles, which was his attempted lateral, uh-huh. recovered by LA B Powell at LA 27. So it wasn't backwards, it went sideways. 
two, and then he actually lost six yards, and then lateral. You know, the play kept going. Yeah, there were several right. more laterals, and they ended up getting to the twenty-six. Shouldn't the ball have been dead as soon as it hit the ground, and then the other ram recovered it? Because according to this rule, so the first thing Mike says to me, which I think is right, he goes, "That's on fumbles forward." Yeah, that so makes sense. If you fumble the ball backwards. It's See, fair this, game. this does not apply. You because, can't, you can't, fu- you can't advance the ball. So they're not advancing because it's going backwards. Well, no, you can't advance the ball part means after it's been recovered. Okay. You know, the, because the the spirit of that rule was the Raiders got away with purposely fumbling forward into the end zone, yeah. and I guess the idea is, if you're fumbling forward, you shouldn't get. You're trying to get some gain by public, purposely fumbling forward. If you're fumbling backward, what do you have to gain by that? There's nothing to gain by mm-hmm. that. But there is, because you're keeping this last play alive. I, I agreed with Mike, and then I came up and found the rule book and found the passage, and it doesn't say anything in here about it has to be forward. Yeah. It just says a fumble. It doesn't say forward, backward, anything. So by this, Dylan would be right. And as soon as that is ruled a fumble, as soon as that guy recovered it that wasn't Cooper Cup, the play should be dead right there. So this is our listeners' homework. Start Googling and figure it out and see if we can find the answer for next week. It's a cliffhanger. <laughs> I'm going to try to find the answer. That's what I'm saying. I just didn't have enough time today. Yeah, I understand. Uh, but it's sticking in my mind right now, uh, and uh, I really want to know. Okay. Um, but uh, we, my, the, the thing that's confusing here is we've seen – you and I, everybody who's watched these games has seen this type of play many times. And it's common for the ball. You know, some 280-pound lineman finds the ball in his hands, and yeah. he's just, trying to get somebody in, and yeah. it hits the ground. But the play always keeps going. Why? I, I need to know why. Would they have just – did they just let it happen and then afterwards would have ruled, hey, you can't – if they break it for a touchdown, right. they would have brought it back? Oh, that would suck. Also, at the end of this game, at the end of this play, the last lateral went forward. The uh, the the big the lineman had it and he threw it to Cooper Cup, but it went forward seven yards. And I think there was actually a flag thrown on the field. Yeah, there was. But they didn't do anything about no, it. There's no penalty. They just said game's over. Game so they over. didn't actually enforce it. Game penalty. over. Let's go home. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I need to know the answer to that. So I'm glad that he brought that up. All right. That's a good cliffhanger. Join us cliffhanger, next week. Cliffhanger, yes. Yes, join us next Dylan week. Dylan will probably be back next week just for this reason. Very good. Well, okay. it, whatever reason why, we want you all to come back. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> How's that? Exactly. Are right, you done? Yes. Are you sure? I'm sure. Since you did, thanks for listening. <laughs>